Temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me up when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Great America Podcast with Lou Dobbs, always in the fight for truth, justice, and yes, our American way of life. And now, here he is, the Peabody award-winning voice of truth, the great Lou Dobbs. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the Great America Show, a bastion of truth, justice, and dedication to the American way. Great to have you here with us. We're joined by one of the most respected Republican leaders in Congress, Jim Jordan of Ohio, our guest and later America First candidate from the great state of Georgia, Vernon Jones, will join us. A lot to talk about with both. We turn to Ukraine first today. Much to get caught up on and try to comprehend. Never easy in times of conflict. Volodymyr Zelensky briefed U.S. congressmen and senators by satellite over the weekend. Some 200 of them listened to Zelensky, told them Ukraine needs more jet fighters, warplanes, more anti-tank and anti-aircraft missiles, Javelin and Stinger missiles. Zelensky had been asking for a no-fly zone over Ukraine, but the White House says absolutely not. Too great a chance of U.S.-Russian engagement risking a broader war in Europe. And NATO said no as well, saying that it would likely provoke wider war in Europe. Putin said he will consider any country that declares a no-fly zone over Ukraine as participants in the conflict. Some of those senators and congressmen, Republican and Democrat, who were briefed by Zelensky from the Ukraine are now calling for President Biden to ban imports to the United States of all oil and oil products from Russia. Too many of those folks, in my opinion, first of all, don't understand the impact of such sanctions on the American consumer. And secondly, the advocates for the Russian oil ban simply don't understand that these sanctions and bans against countries, including Russia, simply do not work. And yet our politicians want to virtue signal and at times at least act as if they're doing something significant. It isn't significant. And secondly, the advocates for the Russian oil ban simply don't understand these sanctions and bans against countries, including Russia, do not work. And yet our politicians want to virtue signal and at least act as if they're doing something significant. They aren't. And it isn't. And such bans and boycotts hurt the people of a country. Never the government officials such sanctions are intended to punish. And if Biden were to ban Russian oil, the pain for the American consumer would be almost immediate. Gasoline prices would rise dramatically to five to six dollars a gallon. And those higher prices would rapidly spread through the economy. More virtue signaling. It's a popular pastime for politicians these days, but it wouldn't be popular for long with prices skyrocketing throughout the economy. 
Meanwhile, Secretary of State Blinken, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Milley, separately making their way to Ukraine in separate trips, showing support for Ukraine. Blinken actually stepped over the border into Ukraine for a while. The battle for Ukraine goes on, of course. More death, casualties, and devastation. Almost one and a half million refugees have now fled Ukraine, while the Russians have encircled a number of major cities now, but only one still, Kershon, has fallen to the Russians. More expected to fall in the next few days, however. And in the midst of this war, our domestic politics remain front and center in this midterm election year. And yes, many of the decisions and statements made by our politicians of both parties will be more politically motivated than strategically sound, or even in the remotest way in our national interest. And we must remember that. Such as life in our sprawling, robust, heavily armed, dynamic, and sometimes very complex country, as we seek to do what's right, what's best, with varying degrees of success. Our national capital is very much focused on Ukraine and Russia, but the controversial and highly partisan January 6th committee and the attendant media attention take up a sizable portion of the radical dim's energies these days, and certainly the ongoing revelations of the investigation into the biggest scandal in American history does. It's still the most important political story of our era, and I believe our history as a nation. Let's turn now from Russia to the scandal known to most people as Russiagate. And it's important that we not neglect the reporting of this scandal, a conspiracy carried out by the efforts of the Dems and apparently many in the deep state as well, as they tried to block President Trump from being elected in 2016 and then to overthrow his presidency almost as soon as he was sworn in. Special counsel John Durham is leading that investigation into the origins of the scandal in court filings, Durham charges that the Democrats and Clinton campaign worked together to block Trump's election and his presidency. With us now, a great American, a co-founder of the Freedom Caucus, a great supporter, friend, and defender of President Trump, Congressman Jim Jordan. Congressman, great to have you back on the Great America Show with us. Uh, your reaction to the special counsel, John Durham's uh, statements of fact, as well as uh, the yep. filing itself, uh, resurrecting what many people thought was, uh, frankly, a dead, uh, dead effort, that is to investigate yeah. the origins of Russiagate. Yeah, well, I mean, a couple of takeaways. One, uh, you know, it turns out we were right all along. We, we said it all along. We knew they were spying. Now this more than confirms what we already knew. I think I think we'd established that a long time ago. Uh, but but one of the big takeaways I had, Lou, was the language that Durham used talking about creating an inference and a narrative. And it, it was like they were looking for stuff to create this Russia collusion narrative. That's what you call framing somebody. They were out to frame the president of the United States while he was a candidate, while he was president-elect. And it now looks like while he was actually the president, after January 20th, 2017, actually while he was president of the United States. So I find that particularly alarming. And then maybe the, the, the other important takeaway, I think, is he talks about how this tech executive won and Mr. Zussman, who had already been indicted, how they were talking with Mr. Zussman's partner, Mark Elias. And of course, you know, and your audience knows, 
Mark Elias, is this this Democrat election lawyer who is filing all these actions against Republicans, redistricting efforts of, of Republicans, going after our colleague in North Carolina, trying to keep him off the ballot. Right. Uh, and it goes right to Mark Elias, the Democrat's key lawyer and, of course, Hillary Clinton's campaign's general counsel. Now, as we go through this and as he brings his filing uh, and his statement of facts, uh, the reaction from Michael Sussman's attorneys is to say this is uh, prosecutorial overreach and uh, making a motion to uh, dismiss the case on uh, on that basis. Yeah, well, I mean, let's just back up then. Think about this. So this tech executive one has now been reported. His name is Joffe. So this Mr. Joffe, uh, I, I saw one of the mainstream uh, uh, news outlets talk about how, no, nothing was wrong here. They said Mr. Joffe was on contract. He was able to see this information. And if he saw concerns, he was supposed to raise con- you know, his concerns. Well, OK, let's just assume all that's true for a second. If there were concerns that Mr. Joppe saw in his in his uh, work at, at looking at uh, you know what what messages may be gone from the White House or from the Trump transition or the Trump Tower or whatever to to and in, in this case Russia whatever they were looking for and he raises those concerns why didn't he take those concerns to the FBI I mean if it's all legit go to the FBI with it he didn't do that he went to Zussman he went to the Clinton campaign. And they took it to the FBI. Now, why was it that arrangement? That that makes absolutely no sense. So, uh, I, and oh, and oh, remember this, Lou. He didn't just take it to anyone at the FBI. When he gave, when Jaffe gave the information to Zussman, Zussman takes it to the FBI. And who does he take it to? He takes it to Jim Baker, the chief counsel at the FBI. So that, to me, is also a huge concern when we see this information that Mr. Durham has brought forward. And uh, it's interesting that. Uh... Jaffe uh, and Sussman uh, end up having representation by the same lawyers. Uh, It's interesting, those connections, all of them that you just made. Uh, The one connection, Hillary Clinton, uh, she she won't say a word. Uh, None of the Democrats on the Intelligence Committee, who, including, of course, Congressman Schiff, who said he had seen the proof, the evidence himself, and said it over and over for two years. Why aren't they yeah. speaking, do you suppose? Well, that's interesting, you know, because he, he, you're right. Uh, uh, Mr. Schiff said that there was more than circumstantial evidence that President Trump colluded with Russia. And that, and that turned out to be completely false, which we all knew it was. Uh, but now there's certainly more than circumstantial evidence that the Clinton campaign was working on this deal to to go after President Trump and to create this narrative to frame. And I keep coming back to that because to frame the president of the United States. That is frightening. And, and like we've said many times, if they can do it to a major party's political candidate for president, if they can do it to a president elect, and if they can do it to what now looks like the actual president of the United States, imagine what they can do to your, uh, your listeners, your viewers, and the folks I get the privilege of representing uh, in the 4th District of Ohio. You know, you know, that is a horrifying thought. I mean, it really is that if this can be done to a candidate for president, uh, a, a sitting president, uh, and by the way, without remorse or, or, or any kind of, yeah. of uh, regret expressed, uh, this is stunning stuff. And and it's really interesting to see the reaction of the media. Uh, it, yeah. it's, it, it's, it's sickening to watch what the Democratic Party became and what they are now. 
Yeah. No, the, the, the left always accuses us. We've said this many times. You've said it many times. The left always accuses us of what they're doing. And then when we bring out the truth, they will, they will attack us, say it's not true, or they'll just make up some new lie and attack us on that. I mean, it's, it's just, unfortunately, the MO. And when you have an, a, 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 you know, a willing press, mainstream press, who's willing to uh, go along with the Democrats and, 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 and spout their narrative, uh, it's a tough position. But the good news is the truth gets through in the end. We're seeing that with this story. We're seeing it with all the mandates that government's putting on us. We're seeing it with, you know, moms in Virginia who turn into more moms and then some dads. The next thing you know, Glenn Youngkin is governor. So time and time again, we the people get to the truth and we can push back and stop the left who always wants to promote the lie. And and promote lies they did. And Mark Elias, the attorney uh, with Sussman, uh, one of the top, if not the top, uh, attorney for the Democratic Party, certainly on elections he was. Uh, this is this is vile. Uh, this is yeah. is worthy of a full a concurrent investigation. But it also yeah. makes it no. very clear that the FBI is rancidly corrupt and has done nothing to clean up its own organization. And I I, I want to get your thinking. I know that the audience wants to hear what Jim Jordan says about that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it is scary, and I think the the irony here is it's you know they always say oh it's Donald Trump and Republicans who are a threat to democracy, and I'm like, what? The Democrats just this year in Congress, the Democrats have closed the Capitol. They've allowed proxy voting. They've kicked Republicans off committee. They won't let Republicans serve on the Select Committee for the first time in American history. They're trying to end the Electoral College, trying to end the filibuster, trying to pack the court, allowing non-citizens to vote. The January 6th Committee has altered evidence, lied to the American people about it. And now we find out that the Clinton campaign was working to frame President Trump and taking that information and giving it to the FBI on top of the dossier and everything else. And somehow they say, oh, oh, but it's 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 Republicans who are a threat to democracy. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. So, again, I think the American people see through it all. They understand how ridiculous the the Democrats are and how bad the Biden administration has been. And I'm hopeful that there's going to be a big change come uh, come this November's election. That big change come November, uh, historically, as you know, the, the party out of power in the White House typically wins on average uh, since World War II, 26 seats, uh, four seats in the Senate. Uh, it looks like, and talking with a number of the pollsters that we have on this show, uh, that we may say the Republicans do even better than that. Uh, but will we also see the republicans change themselves uh it is a party with a, con- a contest a conflict between rhinos and conservatives uh a, a good strong republicans will there be a change of leadership in the senate and the house of representatives well i do think you're going to see republicans act like republicans if if in fact the american people give us give us the majority and i will tell you i think uh, on the House side, uh, that Leader McCarthy has done a very good job of keeping our team united in fighting against the radical left. You saw it in impeachment uh, a few years ago when the conventional wisdom was, Lou, that that Republicans were going to uh, every Democrat was going to vote for uh, impeaching President Trump and Republicans would join him. And what happened was just the opposite. Every Republican voted not to impeach President Trump when they when they did this crazy Ukrainian phone call impeachment that they did. And Democrats joined us. One even switched parties, Jeff Andrew, and he has been a great Republican member of the the United States House of Representatives. So I think we have come together as a party like we're supposed to. 
We just got to focus on not getting overconfident, being confident, but not overconfident over the next several months. And we got to raise the money and win these elections so that we can stop the left's uh, attack on, uh, on, on everything that, you know, all the crazy things they're doing. And that assault includes the way in which the White House is conducting itself. It's a, without any question, it's a Marxist agenda that a placeholder president, uh, that's at least the way he ran as a placeholder. Uh, now it turns out to be Che Guevara uh, in the White House, uh, <laughs> mustering up energy for Marxist ideas and concepts and acts, but nothing else. Uh, we're looking at him as the commander in chief as Vladimir Putin is challenging the United States, the European Union and NATO directly. This is yeah. a scary time. Your thoughts? Sure is. No, it sure is. And, you know, I think we talked about this uh, before, but uh, it, it just goes to show when you project weakness from the Oval Office, bad guys are going to do bad things around the world. And, and we're seeing that play out in front of us as we speak. This would not have happened when President Trump and Mike Pompeo were in charge of our foreign policy. It just wouldn't. I mean, the, 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 you, when you project strength, these things, they didn't happen. We, we know they didn't happen because we lived with the four years of President Trump as, as president, all the good things that happened with the Abraham Accords and all the things that happened foreign policy because he was a strong leader. Joe Biden isn't, unfortunately. Um, and when you send the wrong message from the get-go with the Nord Stream pipeline and with what you do with energy policy, some of the, so much of this is driven by energy policy. And unfortunately, when you start in the wrong position and you project the wrong things and you do the wrong things initially, then you get bad outcomes. This administration has been wrong on every single policy, and they've uh, they projected all kinds of weakness from the Oval Office, and that is that is just that that's why we're in the situation. Where, I mean, and think about our border, Lou. There is no other way to interpret this other than it is deliberate, it is intentional. Two million illegal crossings in one year. So th this is how unfortunate this whole thing is. Um, and like I said, let's hope there's going to be a change coming at least in the Congress uh, come mid midterm elections. And with that change, uh, what is your judgment as to the ratio of rhinos to uh, Trump first, uh, America first, uh, Trumpians? I think I think the the Congress under the Republicans in Congress understand Donald Trump's the leader of our party. It's an American first party. It is a conservative party, uh, a, a populist party rooted in conservative principles, just like it should have always been. So I think there's going to be strong support for President Trump because I, I do think he's going to run. Uh, and I think you're going to see people realize just how radical the left is. And we need to stay united to stop where they want to take the country. With those words, thank you so much, Congressman. We appreciate it. Uh, Congressman Jim Jordan, a great American, and uh, he has been defending the president throughout uh, for now uh, since 2016. Uh, it's been a while. And Congressman, we appreciate everything you do for the nation. Thanks so you much. Bet. Thank you. Take care, brother. Thank you. You too. Congressman Jim Jordan, uh, he's, uh, he is a stalwart and a great leader, and the country is fortunate to have him in the U.S. Congress. We want to invite you to sign up for our Great America Show Advisory and Newsletter. Simply go to ludobs.com, that's ludobs.com, and click on the email newsletter button. It's as simple as that. And we'll send you our advisories and alerts, as well as our weekly newsletter. I don't want to overstate anything, but I'm pretty sure you will absolutely sense at least a small positive change in your world outlook. We invite you to join us and stay in touch.
The Great America Show continues, and we are delighted you're spending part of your day with us, just as we're thrilled to have with us today our next guest, who is none other than Vernon Jones from the great state of Georgia. A great American, a former conservative Democrat who left that party to endorse Donald J. Trump. Vernon Jones is now one of the most prominent Republicans in Georgia, and indeed the nation. Jones has decided to run for the U.S. House of Representatives in the 10th Congressional District of Georgia. He's a pro-Trump candidate, as you might suspect, putting Georgia first. Vernon is also one of five Black conservative Republicans featured on the latest, the newest cover of Newsweek magazine, along with Vernon, John James, another Georgian, Herschel Walker, running for the Senate and Virginia Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears, Candace Owens, and radio host Larry Elder. Vernon, it is great to have you back with us here on The Great America Show. Welcome, my friend. Thank you, Lou. It's, it's, uh, it's good to be on the show with a great American, of course. Um, you are a great American. You know it, Lou. You're the man. Well, thank you so much, Vernon. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I have uh, been looking forward to our talk, and uh, yeah. the state of Georgia has sort of moved to the epicenter of everything that has followed uh, the great election of 2020. Uh, the, the state of Georgia, and by that I mean the condition as well as the state of Georgia, I'm eager to hear your judgment on and to get a sense of, of where, where you all stand. Yeah. Well, Lou, I said this back before the 2020 elections, so goes Georgia, so goes this country. And that's exactly what happened. When we lost those two U.S. Senate seats, when we lost the president's election, we lost this country. And you see right now there is Joe Biden, who is everything he touches turns to uh, malarkey, if I, if I can use that term. Uh, but Georgia is going to be critical again in 2022, not only as we look to take back over the Congress, but also to hold the line with our with the governor's office here. You know, we have uh, Stacey Abrams challenging uh, whoever the, the uh, gubernatorial nominee will be. Uh, and I can tell you the left is going to try to come with everything they have, but we do not want socialism and Marxism and communism to come to Georgia. And that's what she brings with us. So we're going to stand up and fight. Um, I, I, I can tell you this, a lot of resources, a lot of eyes are going to be on Georgia. Yeah, I can only imagine because uh, number 45, uh, <laughs> President Donald J. Trump is, is certainly uh, exercised about what happened in Georgia. You know, people forget, Vernon, and I know you don't, but a lot of people forget this man, the president of the United States in May of 2020, was telling the nation the election is rigged. You have got to fix it. And the Republican Party apparently wasn't listening or had divided interest and were perfectly happy to see the election be rigged. Uh, and I'm talking about establishment rhino Republicans. What do you think? Well, the president had foresight to see that ballot harvesting uh, was coming down the road and impact it could have. He also saw where Stacey Abrams uh, was able to cut a backroom deal with Governor Kemp. He caved into them. The Secretary of State caved into them as well. And they manipulated right. our elections with a, a backroom settlement agreement that changed our election laws. And not, in, not to mention where now uh, they brought in all the drop-off boxes. The president was right about ballot harvesting. You've seen videos now of multiple people going to multiple locations, dropping off multiple ballots. But also, Lou, just through my own uh, investigation and others that are aware of it, we found where both state and federal law was broken. State law was broken because 
drop-off boxes are only supposed to be placed on county or municipal property. We have evidence and voters where it was on private property, where they actually voted on private property, where the drop-off box was located. Also, our which is a violation of state law. Also, our Secretary of State uh, directed all county registrars to get rid of, or they could trash the videos from the drop-off boxes. Well, you and I both know the federal law says that all records related to elections must be kept at least 22 months. Yep. So there's state law that's broken. So federal law that's been broken. So the president is right. Uh, he knew what he was talking about, just like he's right now, even with the mandates, you're looking now the left, or they want to get rid of the, the mask now. They're saying, well, the science has changed. No, the science didn't change. The political science changed. That's what happened. And so again, well the president was right. Yeah, you're exactly right. That's a great way to put it. Uh, the political science changing, and that's what's driving everything that this administration, the Biden administration is doing. Uh, the radical Dem, uh, the Democrats in this country have become uh, a force of evil. Uh, it is extraordinary to me to, uh, over the years that I've covered politics, to see a party that's migrated from what became the politics of political destruction uh, that in the 1990s to this now a party that is a, a force really of evil of what it did in persecuting President Donald Trump that's now coming out with uh, John Durham, the special counsel's uh, reports and filings uh, and likely direction that will involve uh, the campaign of Hillary Clinton the falsification of documents and the dossier uh, in which they had a direct hand, uh, the Democratic uh, law firm uh, and lawyers who actually were attacking a presidential candidate with a fraudulent uh, allegation and charge and set of charges that ultimately became a phony, fraudulent foundation for a special counsel investigation because once they couldn't stop him as a candidate, they tried to overthrow him as a president. That's now vividly in front of the American people and the national corporate left-wing media is ignoring the story as we speak. Well, what's worse than that, Hillary Clinton, who had insight with the White House, with the uh, administration and with the Justice Department, used her contacts, her relationships, uh, including the outside organization, and they literally not only spied on a candidate, they spied on the president-elect, then they spied on the president of the United States, all the way down to getting access to servers uh, within one of his offices, both at his home office uh, and an office in Washington. And so that, that's criminal behavior. There should be an outrage with that. That, that is, that's worse than Watergate. At least Watergate, it was not a, they didn't, they didn't actually spy on the president. Uh, this was a break-in of the DNC's headquarters. And so think about this. Who was a part of the Watergate hearings? Who was involved? There was a staff lawyer by the name of Hillary Clinton. She knew better. Why was she involved and engaged in this? Matter of fact, that's probably where she got experience on how to do it. And, you know, when they talk about lock her up, you can't tell me there's no reason not to lock her up now because she paid these outside groups to go and do this. And think about this, Lou. You're right. The liberal left media for four years, dogged this president. What about Adam Bobblehead Schiff? He was main, the main one. So, oh, we have the evidence. We have the evidence, this and that. They got away with so much. Um, and and the, and that president, President Trump, he said then that he was being spied on. And he, again, President Trump was right. They laughed at him. They say he was crazy. But you and I both knew there was a dead cat on the end of that line. 
And you know what? We begin to see that cat, and that cat's going to have a lot of kittens too. It's going to go all the way up to Jim Comey and Clapper and Brennan and others. Yeah. Uh, if indeed it didn't start with them and the previous president. In fact, it, uh, there's evidence uh, that this began in 2014, uh, and that would bring in the administration of President Obama, uh, also which has a, a strong connection and uh, alliance to the current administration, his vice president, who's now president, Joe Biden. Uh, there is a, you can just imagine Merrick Garland, the attorney general of the United States right now, as he's watching this unfurl, he can't do anything about this special counsel. Now, and I have to say, I was wrong about William Barr. I, I had completely dismissed him as an utter and complete disappointment, uh, disloyal. I mean, I, I called him other names privately, I will tell you. And, and the man had the integrity to create a special counsel uh, in 2020, in October of 2020, John Durham's to get to the bottom of what happened in the origins of Russiagate uh, and the Russian hoax. And for that, uh, we owe him a debt of gratitude. Also, certainly, John Durham, who is actually bringing uh, evidence to the fore and making proper uh, uh, allegations uh, that will lead to, I believe, prosecution on a very wide scale of the of the actors in this uh what is the president has styled the worst scandal since watergate i i call it simply the worst political scandal in this country's history well let's be clear about one thing president trump was adamant about he had been spied on yep. he was very adamant about it what if he just laid down and had been quiet like others say oh don't say anything about it this is not happening you're just paranoid what if he had done that um, Barr had to feel the pressure from the president. Can't say that he didn't. But, hey, this needs to be looked into. So I'm glad that Barr did do it. Uh, and I got to tell you, to select Durham, I, I think nobody can quiver or, or, or complain about his background, his experience. He's handled right. this far better uh, than the special prosecutor, um, uh, the previous FBI director uh, who was over Robert this. Mueller. Right. right, Mueller. And uh, he's been quiet. He hasn't done this with the media. When you find out what he's doing, you find out when those papers are filed in federal court. And for him to file those papers, um, he is he is he is on to something. I think you and I both and everybody else know, but I'm just shocked. I gotta say, I am shocked by the fact that the liberal media is not over all over this. Isn't this a scandal? I mean, isn't this really a scandal? You have a special prosecutor who has already indicted several folks who just recently filed. Some more documents this past weekend that's going to the heart of the Justice Department, Hillary Clinton's campaign, and the fake dossier and all those players. I mean, there are people who undoubtedly are coming forth and telling and sharing a lot of information because they don't want to be on the other side of that those bars. And so, uh, Lou, I'm glad that this is happening just for the good of the country, though for the good of the country so we can get to the truth. That's why when I become Congress, if they are not holding these hearings, I certainly hope I can be on the House Intel Committee uh, committee where I can urge and push so we can have the proper hearings to see what's going on um, um, for that case. And some of the others, even with the, the January 6th, which has been, a uh, you and I know, just been a joke. Let's have some real hearings, get to the real An facts, outrage. even on that. Yeah. And, you know, we're not hearing much from the January 6th folks, are we, since uh, Friday? Uh, this, uh, these, <laughs> these developments uh, on, uh, well, uh, coming from John Durham, the special counsel, 
uh, this is uh, causing, I'm sure, some great consternation amongst those folks in Congress. Uh, the left, uh, the Democratic uh, Partisan Committee called the January 6th Committee, uh, they suddenly have a real problem on their hands because it, everyone knows right now who the offending party is, who is the party that is the force of evil that is dividing this nation. And they're going to have one hell of a time explaining themselves, in my judgment. And I, and I look forward to that. And I also look forward to the president being utterly vindicated and exonerated and the American people having to confront all of us that we permitted a sitting president of the United States to be spied upon, to be impeached twice without foundation or fact to support those impeachments and those efforts that he was investigated for almost three years by the FBI, an organization that is corrupt throughout a disgusting and horrible miscarriage of justice, uh, if it's justice at all, and a justice department that has been a politicized and rancid department uh, for far too long. It has to be, uh, it has to be cleaned up, cleaned out, and fixed. Well, well, Lou, you use the word consternation. I can think of another adjective, constipation, that a lot of folks are going <laughs> to right now. But why aren't we hearing tweets from Comey or Clapper or Brennan or even Obama, especially uh, uh, Comey? What, what about Comey's professor that Comey fed the information to? Where, where is yep. he? Why is he saying anything? See, uh, what they did, they did something in darkness and nurtured it in ignorance, and they tried to play it to the American people like our president had done something wrong. And I tell you, to use the United States, the top law enforcement agency, I, I consider the FBI, the top law enforcement agency in this country, for them to be engaged and involved, not at the rank and file, but at the top, at the top levels, that there's just no way in the world uh, McCabe and all those should be running around scot-free. I just hope that, and I don't think Garland I think he knows he better stay off of this and, and not try to call this off um, because it's too sticky and this comment's going to touch a lot of people. And so I just want to get, I, I, like you and everybody else, we just want to get to the truth because we need to drain the swamp, even within our government offices from the, from the Justice Department uh, right on down. But, but Lou, imagine this. If the federal government can spy, illegally spy, on the president of the United States, how many people like you and me and others that they've been spying on illegally? Yeah. I mean, just think about how many people have been framed by our government. Yeah. Well, I, I know my wife and I have always assumed we're being <laughs> we're being uh, wiretapped as a president originally. You remember how the, the left wing media snarked at him and yeah. ridiculed him because he used the expression yeah. wiretap? Well, yeah. we sure as hell were wiretapped. Yeah. Uh, and I can't. And by the way, we were wiretapped as a result of the uh, the embassy and the ambassador uh, in uh, Ukraine wanting it. We were on a list of folks that they asked be monitored. Uh, this, you know, this goes on. I, it, we always expected the Obama administration was spying uh, on uh, correspondents and editors yeah. uh, throughout their administration. It's an outrage. What is the party of truth? Right now, I will tell you, it's the Republican Party. Is it a perfect party? No. It has had its broken bread with the U.S. Chamber of Commerce and Wall Street for too long for it to be pure. But the Democratic Party is a party of evil. 
they're afraid of truth. They want to suppress truth. They have met this a party right now of Marx. There is so little difference between this authoritarian regime that calls itself an administration in Washington that it's downright frightening. The Biden administration, Stacey Abrams sitting before a class of youngsters that look like they're four or five years old, yeah. all of them in masks, and she's sitting there beaming without a mask on. Why? And, and she said she was just having a picture taken. Yeah. Stacey Abrams if she has any heart, would say to those children, take off those masks. We're all going to put those masks aside and follow the science. We know who the vulnerable population is, and it's sure as heck not four and five-year-olds. It, this is madness what the Biden administration has created. Now they're trying to blame Trump for crying out loud. I mean, what kind of upside-down country has this become because of the perfidy of the Democratic Party, the left, and the neo-Marxists. Well, Lou, uh, going back to Stacey Abrams, look at look at her her narrative that she shaped and framed to try to get the heat off of her. Oh, I, I can't believe they would attack me. Here I am talking to some children during Black History Month. See, she played that card during Black History Month. Hmm. What the hell did that have to do with Black History Month? Her and her crowd were talking about, we have to wear these masks. They were so pro-mask, so pro-mask, but why didn't she, why does she remove her mask if she's pro-mask? Because you and I both know, just like AOC did, she complained about Florida and, and the governor down there doing a hell of a job of, of, of protecting our freedoms. And she's in New York pushing this pro-mask, pro-vaccination. But what does she do? She goes down to Florida and she hang out with a group of people, partying, no mask. I mean, in close comfort. I mean, hugging, kissing. Uh, and I don't mean, I mean, just, you know, in, in terms of socializing and, and uh, where was her mask? Where was her mask? It's the hypocrisy of, and now the administration and CDC is saying, well, uh, the science has changed now. So we, we're going to start to relieve the mask mandates, but we want to keep it on children. But wait a minute, children are the, are the least with the risk. All right. And, and, and you're, what science, I'm still trying to find out, Lou, what science changed? No science changed. It's the political winds that changed. They have done polling and they see that the American people are tired of these mandates. And you have children who are trapped in masks all day long. And we know that it's that, that the difficult, you know, that really is a uh, an important issue of, of health for those and development sure. for those young children to have that sure. mask trapping uh, those uh, you know, carbon dioxide. Uh, not giving them full expression so that, that they're socializing and their mental health as well as their physical development is impaired, uh, hopefully only temporarily, but nonetheless impaired. Uh, we just don't have uh, we just don't have leadership and judgment right now. And by the way, it makes it so clear how important it was in 2020 that we have all listened to President Trump in May of 2020 and the Republican Party, the RNC, and every governor in the country should have been moving to get, and Secretary of State, to make sure that they were listening to Donald J. Trump. Because once again, from the time he walked into office to this very day, the man was right. And it's right. that straightforward. And you know what? Weak souls don't want to fall of strength because it reminds them too often, I guess, how weak they are and how weak this Republican Party was 
throughout to have permitted the persecution of Donald Trump and his family. It's awful. I, I, I want to turn to that because you and the president are friends, you're working together to try to straighten out this great state of Georgia. Uh, give us a sense of your, uh, your motivation and your, uh, your thinking as you go after that uh, congressional district, the 10th congressional district there in Georgia. Let me be clear about one thing too, Lee, Lou. Um, I was very forceful in our message early on. I was in touch with Georgians. They were anti-mandates. They wanted to ban CRT. They wanted some of their money back in terms of eliminating uh, state income taxes. They want to make sure that they protected female sports. And everything I was pushing for when our governor was hiding, including constitutional carry, uh, they were nowhere to be found. But all of a sudden, he's got religion. And all those planks that I had on my platform, now that's what he's espoused. And the General Assembly is literally falling over itself to pass my conservative initiatives. Uh, the president and I had a conversation. He said, Vernon, you made a difference in Georgia already. Um, I want I, you, you can play a major role on what we do in this Republican revolution to take back the Congress in 2022 and obviously the White House in 2024. Uh, we need a patriot, American first person like you running and that I can support for Congress. And so uh, we had discussions about that. I made a decision. Um, and, and Lou, I am running now for the 10th Congressional District. The president's building a team here in Georgia. Senator David Perdue is taking on Brian Kemp head on. Um, and and president has has given him Senator Purdue his full support and endorsement. So right now uh, I am pursuing the 10th congressional district. And let me be clear: my first day in office, I want to drop legislations of articles of impeachment of Joe Biden and Kamala Harris because they have failed uh, enforcing the border. Not to mention any other many other areas that they failed. So we want to start with that. But also, Lou, I don't want to go to Washington and spend my time uh, dining, whining until I die. I believe in term limits. I'll be coming forth with an initiative pushing for term limits. Limits. Um, get up there and do what you have to do and get back home. And so we're very serious about pushing and fighting against the left, taking over the squad. Uh, and they're trying to federalize elections. What they're trying to do, including Warnock, they're trying to do the same thing that they're accusing states of. They want to take over local elections. No, that's not going to happen. We're going to get there. We're going to take on, bring the fight to them, Lou. Uh, the Republicans have to respond and save this country. And to be a part of that, that American first agenda and having the president's full endorsement, uh, Lou, we are on the move to head to Washington. Well, that's that's great news to my ears. I'm sure it's going to be great news to the ears of all of your constituents uh, and all of the voters in the 10th district. I, I, I have to say that I hope that the Republican Party, I will tell you straight up, I'm not a fan of the Republican National Committee. I think that they failed in their responsibilities in 2020 and are a large part of the reason that the left was able to get away with all they got away with in that election. Uh, and uh, I think, uh, I don't know, but I think there's evidence uh, that we'll see one day that the outcome would have been quite different, but that's just one man's speculation. I do hope that the Republican Party in the state of Georgia, and I think it's wonderful that you're running for the congressional uh, seat there in the 10th district. Uh, I endorse you, I will support you. And I tell you this, I hope that you and every other Republican candidate in the state of Georgia will be engaged in building up the party from the, from the local precinct 
up uh, and have engaged, uh, participating, uh, responsible people at the polls uh, in, in their counting votes as well as voting uh, and making certain that the laws are followed and that the country's interest and let the chips fall where they may, but make sure that they're clean, straight up elections, uh, period. We just can't afford any more of this. The people cannot lose faith in an electoral system because, well, in 2020, things were, uh, to put it the very least, irregular, anomalous, if not absolutely, as the president said, rigged. Well, Your look thoughts. what you just said. Uh, we are building an army, and those who want to be a part of this movement, the 10th Congressional District, they can go to jonesforgeorgia.com, jonesforgeorgia.com, sign up, donate, volunteer, be a part of it. Lou, you know, the flashlight, or let's say uh, the light period has been turned on those cockroaches who did what they did to create all their voting irregularity in 2020. The light is on them now. They're running for the cracks. We are fighting hard. You know, when I came uh, to the Grand Old Party, uh, I didn't want to just be a member of the Grand Old Party. I want to come and bring grand new ideas, grand new opportunities, and grand new people, grow this party, not only with young people, but minorities, uh, reestablish ourselves as a party of conservatives, not rhinos, um, make sure that people know that we believe in the Constitution, and we will fight for the Constitution. And, and those who want to Talk like Ron DeSantis and walk like Mitt Romney, uh, your days are limited. That is not the party <laughs> uh, of, of where we are now, the Republican Party, and where are we going. So we're, that's what I like about President Trump. He's looking for fighters. He's building a strong army, Lou, and we're coming, and there's going to be a reckoning. And we appreciate those of you, uh, like you and others, who have the type of broadcast to get the word out that we mean business. Wow. Uh those are sweet words to my ears, let me tell you. I am pulling for you. I'm pulling, obviously, for the president to uh, uh, make that Mr. Uh, number 45, just so there's <laughs> great clarity on that. Uh, I, I think that I, th I think every candidate uh, should be an America first candidate if they're Republican. And every candidate who is a Republican candidate ought to acknowledge President Trump is the leader of the party. He is owed that. The country deserves that. Uh, and Lord knows we're going to be asking him for more sacrifice uh, and more of his grit and strength and vision, because we'd all of us like to have him back as number 47. Uh, and we'd sure like to have you uh, represent the 10th district there in the great state of Georgia. Vernon Jones, it's great of you to take time to be with us. We appreciate it. We wish you all the very best of luck and look forward to talking again with you soon. Thank you, Lou. And again, uh, all your listeners can go to jonesforgeorgia.com. Donate, be a part of this. Uh, let's take back Georgia. And let's take back this country. Amen. Uh, we appreciate it. And uh, we wish you all the very best. God Thank bless you. And God bless everyone here with us on the Great America Show. See you next time. Join us again tomorrow for the Great America Podcast. Stay in the fight. Truth, justice, and the American way will prevail against all enemies, against all odds.